Well, good morning, Ventura. I'm super excited to be here. Like you said, my mom used to drag me to church. Now I dragged my mom to church. She's back there all the way from Downey. So kids, if you're sitting here, your parents are making you uh, come to church. Don't worry. You'll get your chance. (laughs) So like Dom said, I've been in youth ministry since I was 19 years old. I started teaching. They said, hey, man, uh, you grew up in church. You know how to teach. Why don't you just start teaching? I'm like, all right, cool. And so I've been there since 19. Now I'm 34, which is kind of crazy. And so I'm used to talking to, you know, junior hires and and high schoolers, and that's like my comfort zone. So I'm just going to imagine all you guys as junior high and high school kids just with beards, you know? And some of the kids have beards anyway, so it's all good. We're going to be in Mark chapter 1 today. So if you guys have your Bibles, we'll read the scripture, then I'll pray, and then we'll get right into it. In verse 1, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says this, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Jesus, I just pray that your spirit would move freely today. That God, you would speak with clarity and that God, your Holy Spirit would inspire hope in each and every one of our souls. That God, we would see your grace as sufficient and good and that we would recognize your mercy today. That we would see life, God, as a gift and that Lord, you may be glorified in it. May you just move here within this body and may you speak with power. Lord, give me strength to deliver your word. Give me wisdom, Lord. Father, give me discernment. Lord, let me be your mouthpiece today. And in Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Let me take you back to a simpler time. December 31st, 2019. Dude, do you remember what, like for me, for instance, I'll just say for myself, I remember it's like 11.58, I'm getting my kids, I'm telling my wife, bring the baby, you know, kissing the children, be like, 2020 is going to be our year, dude, we just had a baby, it was awesome, and then we're counting down, and every single one of us were just joyful, it was so simple. Then 2020 hit, and then, well, the rest is history, I guess. Overnight, every single one of us became, you know, specialists in 
every autoimmune disorder in the world, but yet we became like just, we knew that we didn't know anything. I'm speaking for myself. I remember just getting caught up in the whole entire unfaithfulness of every circumstance and every situation that this world had to throw at me. You know, being a young dad, having like young kids, I mean, I washed their face with sanitizer. I mean, I, my, my beard tasted like sanitizer. I don't even know, dude, for like five months. You know, I'm like, they can get it this way. And I remember just living in fear, getting wrapped up in the unfaithfulness that this world threw. And I had to like pull myself back and remind myself that although the circumstance isn't faithful and although the world isn't faithful, God is. Amen? And his faithfulness is not contingent upon my faithfulness. Because let's be honest, we falter. Let's be honest, we fail and we fall short. But God and his kingdom doesn't. Although it seemed like the world was bursting at its seams and like it was so, the circumstance seemed so shaky, God's kingdom was never shaken. Amen? Ever. God doesn't shake nor tremble, but God is sure and he's faithful. Why? Because he can't deny himself, period. That's his character. That's in his DNA. And this is what he says. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, the promise was that in this life, there will be tribulation, amen? That was the promise of Jesus. But his rebuttal to that promise was this. But lo, I'm with you. We can read it from the beginning of Genesis all the way to the end of Revelation. When, when Jesus says, I will wipe away every tear, it means one thing for me, that he must know every tear that will fall from these eyes. And so therefore, he's going to say, every single one, I'm going to wipe away. What does that mean? That Jesus right now in this present time is near, is near. When we read the book of Mark, Quick little history behind it. We have to, we can realize and recognize one thing. That's a fast paced book. As a matter of fact, it says the word immediately, like a crazy amount of times. It focuses on Jesus being the servant leader and actually doing work within like his community and his region at the time to people. We can read that like what Mark's emphasis was. In the very first verse, what does he say? He says, the son of God. You see, Mark was writing a book to the Gentiles, the Romans at the time. And so therefore he had to write a fast paced book because the Romans were fast paced people. And so when he was writing to them, he was writing to them saying, yo, I'm not writing to you about all these gods that you're, you're trying to worship. I'm not writing to you about all these little idols that, 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 that you're bowing down to and that are unfaithful. I'm writing to you about the son of God. 
I'm writing to you about the beloved one of heaven, the eternal one. This is not just a commentary on some just regular other human that you guys want to like worship and praise. No, he's different. He's different. And if a Jew were to pick up this book, he would say, I'm writing to you about the one that that the book of Isaiah took half its book to like prophesy about. I'm talking to you about the promised Messiah that will bring eternal hope and eternal glory, eternal forgiveness, eternal redemption. I'm talking about Jesus. And so when we read Mark, we, we, we're just in this scene where now we we read about John the Baptist and he's baptizing. There's a phrase that says, timing is everything. I've heard it said before many times. When Jesus came, I say the timing was perfect, but doesn't mean it was easy. As a matter of fact, the world when Jesus came was in chaos. Everyone was trying to figure out peace. Everyone was trying to figure out hope. The Romans were trying to maintain control in Israel. That's why they were there. They were occupying Israel. There was like uprisings, like one after another. The children of Israel wanted to be their own people. And so they would lead rebellions and uprising against the Romans. And then we look at, we look at the, 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 the religious people at the time. They tried to hold it down, right? And so we had the Sadducees and the Pharisees and they were saying, we're gonna hold the word of God. But then somewhere down the line, they kind of got it twisted. And they started saying that our word is higher than that of God's. And they started giving multiple interpretations of, of, of scripture. Like this is what it means, but if you're enlightened, this is what it really means. And they started veering off. No one was expecting the Messiah to come. As a matter of fact, they were all living in a state of, yeah, right. We heard in Genesis chapter three that a man would come and, you know, that that our heel's gonna bruise his head, like all these things and and redemption is gonna come. We heard from Isaiah, we heard from all the prophets, but you know what? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It's never gonna happen. And then all of a sudden, there's a voice in the wilderness. Imagine 400 years, 400 years of silence from heaven where no prophet, no prophet in the land saying, thus says the Lord. Heaven is silent. And then there's a voice in the wilderness. John the Baptist hits the scene. It wasn't a perfect time. The world was in chaos. The world was in chaos. There was, it was crazy. And we look at like what the message was, what the message was that the prophet was preaching. He was preaching repentance in the wilderness. Just preaching like, yo, there comes one that, that is that, man, I'm not even worthy to touch his, his saddle strap, man. There's one that's coming after me, after me that is greater than I. And people were like, yeah, right. And it's crazy to think of where he was. Now, you would think a prophet would be, you know, probably in the synagogue, Right? If he was going to go and talk to the, the religious people at the time and, and, and mass amount of people, you would think he would be there in the temple somewhere. 
You would think that he would be like in the marketplace. But where was John the Baptist? Outside, in the wilderness, just screaming, repent, dressed in like camel's hair and eating locusts. What a trip. I'll be honest, I was telling Dom, I like, I didn't even know what to wear to teach like a main study. You know, youth group, you wear a hat and you wear a t-shirt and you go. John the Baptist could care less. Why? He didn't fit into the religious sect of people. He didn't fit into what they thought a prophet should look like. And so his attitude was like, you know what? Cool. I'm going to disconnect from the chaos that you guys are living in, from the circumstances that you guys are making even worse, and I'm going to go away. And I'll be in the wilderness. And I'll be drawing near to the Lord. And I'll be seeking his face. And I'll be looking up because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so I'll be baptizing people, getting them ready. And how do we get them ready? By preaching repentance. Yo, turn from that way. Look up to, to, to the Lord. And he started baptizing. And he was found in the wilderness. The importance of someone who has a message from the Lord isn't the person, but rather the message. Whenever somebody gets up here and divides the word of God, the importance is not focused on the person. What are they delivering? What's the message? John's message was powerful. John's message was eternal. John's message would go beyond his timeline. Amen? As a matter of fact, we're still preaching that today. Repent. Why? Because the kingdom is coming. Repent because the kingdom's on its way. As a matter of fact, the kingdom's here, man. The message and ministry that he was preaching and doing went beyond him. Here's a little side note that I love telling um, anybody that wants to enter ministry. I tell the youth all the time that in order for you and I to deliver any message that has eternal value or significance, you and I must spend time with the eternal one. In order for you and I to go and take a message from Jesus, we need to be spending time with who? Jesus. Jesus. In every area of our life, you can think of just think of that person that you've been wanting to go and share Jesus with. Let me encourage you, brothers and sisters, sit, spend time with the Lord. Sit with him in his presence and let him give you a word specifically for that person. Why? Because that message will go beyond you and it'll point directly to him. So we get so caught up sometimes in trials and in the moments of life, in the seas that rage. And we oftentimes are consumed by the trials of life. We can be so caught up in it all, amen? In 2020, we can say we were caught up. At least for me, maybe not you, but, but I was caught up. But God wants to encourage you today, man. In 2021, don't be caught up in the mess. Be caught up in his grace and in his mercy and then the knowledge of who he is. Because he's sure, and he's that foundation that doesn't shake. 
And even if my, man, even if my last breath here is taken, my first breath in heaven will be taken as well. And I'm going to see Jesus, the lover of my soul. Amen? Don't be caught up in the unfaithfulness of the circumstance. If we look back at their times, we can find similarities with our times. People are still looking for hope. People are still looking for peace. And the world, in a sense, is in a state of, yeah, right. We heard Jesus is coming. Man, like Don shared, I was that kid that was like dragged to church since I was like five years old. Jesus has been coming back since I was like then. My, my mom and dad used to scare me and be like, you don't want to be left behind when we're at church and you're asleep here, Christopher. You're right. Y'all still doing that, huh? <laughs> Like, for real, man, I used to, like, don't, man, I remember needing to pray, feeling the need to pray for my food, because if I choke, and at that moment, and die over a chicken bone, I'm not going to heaven. And what that led to was, like, Jesus is coming, I'm going to, yeah, right, we've been hearing that for 2,000 years. Let me tell you, man. Jesus is on the move. Like, like, yo, he's coming. Like, that's not, it's not, like, for me, I used to be terrified of that statement. It was like, almost like, in Spanish, el cucuy. You know, el cucuy is going to come. Now I'm excited. Like, Jesus is coming. Like, he's, he's on his way. Like he's, like, he's, like, stretching up. The world is, like, pulsating. Because in the chaos, like, I, I like, uh, in the chaos, I read something, like, the earth is pulsating every 26 seconds. I'm like, dang, that's crazy. Like, I don't know anything. I had three kids. Pulsating's really not good when, like, someone's about to get birth. <laughs> I know that. I'm not the smartest man, but I know. He, he, he's coming. And in our, in our youth are in a state of, yeah, right. And let me tell you something, parent. If you have a youth, they're looking for you to be that prophet. They're looking for you to, stay, to stand up in that river and say, hey, man, the time is coming to repentance because the kingdom is at hand. See, it wasn't enough for John to preach from the synagogues. John was in the water. John was in a constant state of like, hey, I'm repenting myself. As a matter of fact, we saw the interaction with Jesus, right? He says, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You need to baptize me. That was the constant state of just being real and being living in humility and humble before your God. Because who am I? I'm not even worthy to touch a sandal strap. In Psalm 46, verse 10, it says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. I used to hate that verse because I was a squirrely kid. I would have been around the corner. Down and led a rebellion to be like, let's go sock Tom. He wants to call me a squirrely kid? Let's go get him. I'm sorry, mom. Like, I'm so sorry. That was me, man. Be still and know that I am God. 
I love breaking down verses. It's so good. We read John 3, 16, God's passion. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? But if we even stop at, for God so loved that he gave, we can see one thing about God and his character is that he's giving, right? When we know that in his presence, there's fullness of joy, we can break it down and say, in his presence, there's fullness. What, do you, what does that mean? That I'm complete in his presence. When I break down this verse, be still and know that I am God, I find out one thing. Only in stillness will I find out who he is. The problem is, is that we're not still. The problem is we find it very hard to just chill and sit with our creator in his presence. And so therefore, because we don't do that, because it's not a habit of ours of constantly seeking Jesus, we never find out who God truly is. We'll never find out who he is. And God says, man, I have so much for you. You want to be a good dad. You want to be a good businessman. You want to be a good mother. You want to be a good Christian. Sit in my presence. Find out who I am on your behalf. That I am well pleased with you today. That I'm sufficient for you today. That my mercy is good. My grace is amazing. And my omnipresence is there. My omniscience is there. I'm I'm there with you. We need to find out how God's moving, especially when the circumstance is unfaithful. See, God doesn't want to leave us in the dark. God doesn't want to leave us in the dark when it comes to like just circumstances in our life. He doesn't want to just, you know, be like, hey man, (laughs) figure it out. He doesn't do that. He wasn't, he didn't do that back then. He doesn't do that now. And so therefore, when John baptized, it says the Holy Spirit will come. The Holy Spirit will come. And the Holy Spirit in a believer's life makes the wilderness a very fruitful place. The Holy Spirit stirs up the passion of of Jesus within our hearts. The Holy Spirit helps us put on like these glasses that start seeing the world as he sees it. The Holy Spirit starts stirring up like God's passion within each and every one of us. That we all of a sudden, we want to see like lost people found, broken people fixed, and the kingdom of heaven come. That's what the Holy Spirit does in the middle of chaos. And not only does he do that, but he speaks promises and truth so that you and I will not only take them in, memorize them, meditate upon them, but walk in them. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So the Holy Spirit wants to move. He still wants to move. And so we look at Jesus. Not only did he come in an unexpected time, we see that he went to unexpected people. To do what? To do the unexpected. Who did he come for? Well, in Mark chapter two, verse 17, it says this. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I, those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Wait a minute, you didn't come for the religious people and all the people that figured it all out? No, he came for the sinners, came for the sick, he came for the broken, 
came for us. Because I'm, I'm in that category. That's who he came for. He came to this crazy man, Baptist, to touch a leper, <laughs> to feed the hungry, to find the lost, to raise the dead, cause the blind to see, cause the lame to walk, to call the unlikely and change the world radically in the most unexpected way imaginable. Through what? Love. Through love. When I was a kid, I looked at the disciples and went, man, they had it so easy, right? We read that story where the, rage, where, where the sea's raging, right? And I'm like, dude, why were they so afraid? Bunch of chumps had Jesus in the boat with them. Wish I had Jesus in the boat with me. Like if Jesus was in my boat, I'd be all right. I wouldn't be scared. I'll be like, what's up, waves? But that's not true. I, I think the disciples would argue with us. They'd be like, yo, you have it way easier because Jesus was in the boat and that's the vessel that he chose to be in. But what vessel does he choose to be in now? You and I. Like how much more intimate can Jesus be? He goes, bro, I'm right here. Like I'm here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's not going anywhere. You're the vessel that Jesus chooses today for that his spirit would dwell and move in and through you daily, daily. And isn't it a trip that out of word, he just rebuked the waves? I love that story because it says like kind of what Jesus said, but not really. I love it because I just imagine like Jesus saying, man, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, the waves is like, peace. What is the word that Jesus wants to speak to your sea today? Let's be real and honest. The pandemic and, and the, the Rona, that's like <laughs> the, the last thing on our mind because some, some waves in our household, they're raging. The warfare is real, Amen. Some of the stuff that went on in our house, we'd be like, Lord, just give me the Rona then. You know, just take me out. Like, forget this. I can't do this. For real. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. And like, that's second, second nature. Like, not nature. It's like, man, that's the last thing on my mind. Newsflash, I'm going to tell you guys something. Being real and honest, Jesus wants to speak. He wants to speak. And I don't know what that word's going to sound like in your life. I don't know like what the peace is going to look like. All I know is that God's spirit wants to move in your household. And he wants to speak truth to you and to your family. Jesus is still in the boat. He's still filling the vessel. He's filling you and I, despite the, the unfaithfulness of it all. Amen? One thing I, I used to love, um, I mean, I love basketball. I'm from LA, so the Lakers were my team. I remember watching, like, just this dude, Kobe Bryant, speaking of 2020. You know what I'm saying? 
And he used to say something from the bench to his team in the championship runs. He used to say this, don't settle. Don't settle. What that means, like, don't settle for the outside shot. Pass it into Pau Gasol. He could dunk it, you know, or like do something amazing. Don't settle at the top of his lungs saying, don't settle. You guys, don't settle for just memorizing scripture. Don't settle for just coming to church and be like, yeah, that was a dope sermon. Dope. Don't settle. Take God's word in, consume it. Meditate upon his word until you start living it out. When God gives a promise to you, hold on to that promise. I am an answer to God's promise to my mom. My mom was praying for me for years, for years. And look, I'm in Ventura, like teaching the word of God to my mom. Don't give up on your kids. Amen. Don't give up. Has God given you a promise for your children? Has God given you a promise for your household? Continue to pray on that promise until you start walking in it. Don't settle. Like God, you're the one that said it, so I'm gonna believe you for it. Let's go. Let's go. I'm almost done, I think. Preacher's famous last words. I don't know what's going on in everyone's life. I don't know the trials. I don't know. There might be some decisions that need to be made in 2021. I know that there's victories that need to be declared over you for sure. I do know that there's repentance that needs to take place and that there's forgiveness ready to be given and restoration ready to do its work. I have no idea what 2021 is going to bring. I wish I did. I'd be like, yo, it's going to be all right. I don't. All I know is that I have a savior who died and resurrected and is the author and finisher of it all. He has written all my tomorrows and I rest securely in the palm of his hand. And just like that lady who was bleeding when, like in the midst of the crowd, you remember that woman that was bleeding? She's like, man, I'm bleeding. I don't know how I'm going to get to Jesus. I don't even know if I go to Jesus, like if I'm going to be healed. But you know what? I'm going to crawl and crawl and crawl and find out what will happen. And as she drew near to the Lord and she just touched his hem, he declared, who touched me? She had no idea that her healing would be like healed. I mean, her bleeding would, be, would stop and she'd be healed. All she knew is that she drew, if she drew close to Jesus, something might happen. I encourage you, brother and sister, draw close to Jesus. Draw close to Jesus in 2021. Because who knows? That miracle might just take place in your life. The Lord says, as you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. We can go boldly into the throne room of grace. 
but you will receive understanding, grace, mercy, goodness, peace, and eternal hope, knowing that our eternal Father is establishing his eternal goodness in all our lives. And what's the promise of that? That his goodness will follow us all the days of our life. All the days, not just some. He says all. When the Bible says all, what does it mean? All. The last story. Now, you can tell, I'm not like a beach body type of guy. I mean, I'm buoyant, like super buoyant. <laughs> but I just don't serve. It's not my thing. <laughs> my son is just like me. We, we uh, I mean, I like the ocean from a distance, but like, I don't like touching it. I get afraid. I'm afraid of everything. Piñatas were not my thing. I, I hated them. Somebody's going to get stabbed for sure. And so I took my son to the beach. And I have, it's crazy. I have three kids, but my, my daughter, Cielo, she's like Moana. So she thinks, like the sea calls her and it's going to take care of her. She'll be all right. And she'll just try to go. And so I had one kid trying to pull me to the ocean. And then I have my other son who I'm pulling, right? And he's literally saying, no, dad. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die in the ocean. Oh, oh my dude, just relax. We have Moana. Like she's going to die. Like chill. Like we're not going to do anything. See, will take care of us. <laughs> and we're in the water, you know, I'm still trying to take like, you know, our family pictures, trying to look like, you know, I'm a good dad. Like I'm a good dad today. And everybody's watching us. I have a son going, ah, right? And I have my daughter like, oh, please, dad, just let me go. Let me go. And she wants to just go into the ocean and just like, you know, no holds bar, just, just go. And my son wants to let go and he wants to go back to where he believes there's safety. And me, I'm just a little taller than them. And I can see like there's waves coming. I can see that, man, if I let any of them go, someone's going to die today, right? It's probably going to be me because my wife will kill me if I let any of these kids go. And so I'm like, wait, dude. And so I get them, I pick them up, and then I let the wave pass, and then I walk them back, and then I say, okay, son, go back to your mom. And then, you know, my mom is like, okay, finally, we let him go. And then she wants to continue to go in the ocean. No joke. Three minutes later, my son, Kai, which his name means ocean, <laughs> should have named him Land or something. I don't know. He comes and he's like, dad, I want to go in. I'm like, what? Okay, whatever. Let's go. He goes, dad, I love the ocean. He's like, what? Yeah, dad, I really love the ocean. I said, why do you love the ocean, Kai? He goes, because it's so powerful. I'm like, yeah, the ocean's powerful. He goes, but God is way more powerful. I'm like, he is. This is what he says. He goes, God told the sea that you can only go this far. The waves can only go this far. And I'm like, why? Why do you say that, Kai? He says, because it won't get our cars in the back. So he tells, he tells the sea, you can only go this far. I'm like, yeah. You guys, take a lesson from a five-year-old kid. There's some waves coming there's some waves already raging in your life. God says, yo, it can only go this far. I got this. 
I'm not going anywhere. And my kingdom is moving on your behalf. And my hand is near. And he's saying, I got you. I got you. Like, trust me. Just hold on. Get a word. Let the peace fill you. Draw near. Trust the hand that not only holds the ways back, but holds you. He's holding you. Believe that. As we pray, I'm going to ask you guys to do something super bold. If you need prayer for your family, if you need prayer just for some seas that are raging in your life, and you need Jesus to like bring a chill and bring a calm, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet so that we may pray over you so that you will know that Jesus' presence is walking with you when you leave here. That Jesus' presence isn't here, but it's here. You're the vessel that he chose to go with. If that's you, and you stand to your feet so I can pray for you right now. I know I'm standing, I know my family's standing. I'm standing with you. Maybe it's a decision that you need to make and you need the Lord to speak some just peace and truth within you. I'm going to start praying. The worship team's going to start coming up. And we're going to start being delivered today. So just receive that. Receive that peace. Receive that calm. Receive that word. Receive that promise. Jesus, I pray that you would start moving. That your Holy Spirit, Lord, and start encouraging and speaking truths right now. That, Lord, your peace would fall. And as John the Baptist, Father, drew away and looked for your kingdom, the incredible end of that story is that he saw your kingdom come. And he declared, behold the lamb who takes the sins of the world. Jesus, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Lord, you see my brothers and sisters standing. You know exactly, Lord, the situation and the circumstance. And Lord, I know you have a word for each and every one of them. And Lord, I know that your spirit wants to fall. Your spirit wants to move. Your spirit, God, wants to unite and hold them together. So I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would fall upon each and every one of my brothers and sisters. May your peace fill their households. May your spirit reign freely, God, there. May you cause peace to fall upon our minds. And may you bring clarity, God, that we would see you. That we may declare, behold the Lamb. That's him.
He's showing up. He's there. So Holy Spirit fall. Holy Spirit move. Father, your spirit works, its greatest works, when our, when our works cease, when our hands are off. So God, we ask that you would move and declare peace today. Thank you, God, for a new year. Thank you, God, for a new day. And thank you, God, that you never left us nor forsook us. But you are here in the midst of us right now. So be worshipped and glorified, not only with our song, but with our lives. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.